0: Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode today. We're moving forward with Douglas McCormick. He's the founder of Family Inc., which focuses on creating a roadmap to financial security for the family CFO, which you're going to learn about this concept today, which I love. He is the author of the book, Family Inc., Using Business Principles to Maximize Your Family's Wealth. How are you today, Doug? Um, great thanks for having me No, thank you so much Doug I am super excited to have you on the show so let's talk a little bit about you what is your story and how did it evolve to you doing what you do today
1: sure so so I'll give you a little bit of background um, I started my career um, as an active duty army officer mm-hmm. um, and had a, a five-year stint which was a great life experience but ultimately decided um, that I wanted to pursue a different career And so with a young family, I left service and went back to school at Harvard for a business program. I did that for two years. And some of the reasons why we'll talk about my commitment to financial literacy is I I struggled with that transition, uh, paying for an education and and supporting a family. But anyways, after business school, I spent some time on Wall Street, um, have been a professional investor for almost 20 years and essentially a business owner for the last uh, almost 15 years. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and and so I've got a lot of life experiences, uh, a lot of positives, but also uh, setbacks and challenges in terms of navigating what I call this financial game of life. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very passionate about uh, sharing some of those lessons learned um, to help others. I think financial literacy is one of the biggest challenges that uh, we face as a society today.
0: Yeah, and and Doug, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit more about that. I think financial literacy is something that is super important and, and we run into it and it's part of our daily lives. What was your background and growing up like and experience like with financial literacy?
1: Yeah, so I, I was really blessed. So I, I come from a family um, where everybody really valued education. Both my mom and dad did graduate degrees and both were teachers. Mm-hmm. And And my dad's, uh, one of his hobbies was investing. And so he introduced me to the concept of investing at a very young age, actually um, it, uh, gave me a stock as a Christmas present at age seven. Oh, wow.
0: What was your um, reaction when you got that as a Christmas present?
1: Uh, not so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of those classics—a uh, great idea, poorly executed. And, and <laughs> Better I, than I a
0: co- sweater, though. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I communicated my my dissatisfaction um, as a seven-year-old that that didn't seem like an appropriate uh, present. Uh, but but in retrospect, I think what he had done for me is, uh, you know, introduced me to to concepts in a way that they became comfortable for me. And I he slowly helped me develop an interest in the markets. And I've, I've been thinking about and in, um, participating in the markets for, you know, 30-some years now.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And talk a little bit about what led you to start up Family Inc. and talk about your big why.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, let me go to the big why first, and then we'll, we'll get to what, what was the personal experience. So yes. I think the why is that I think a lot of trends in America and throughout the world are increasing the need for financial literacy, and so, um, for example, you look at income rates between those that are highly educated and those that are not; they are growing dramatically. Yes. You look at labor turnover. You know, the number of jobs uh, my grandfather had is likely two, and the number of jobs millennial will have is likely more than ten. Mm-hmm. And so, job mobility has changed dramatically. Um, social safety nets like social security and unemployment and labor unions; those things are changing dramatically, and life expectancies are increasing dramatically. And all those things together combine such that, uh, you know, my granddad likely worked someplace, um, had a long-term relationship with an employer, and um, had lots of social safety nets upon retirement, things like defined benefits, insurance, um, and Social Security. And many of those things don't exist in today's environment. And so the skill set required to um, be financially secure has changed. But many of the ways that we teach about financial literacy have not, mm-hmm. and so my own struggle, um, you know, I, as I said, I struggled with transitioning um, out of the service and into a professional career. And one of the big challenges I had was that I got lots of good advice, but I struggled to understand how to incorporate those different pieces of advice. So if, let me give you—I'll give you an example. Yeah. People said, hey, you got to go back to business school. That's a great experience. That's a wonderful investment. And and I believe it to be so. Somebody else would say, hey, you always got to save um, a little bit of money in a retirement account year in, year out to begin to build your wealth. And that's a great example, too. But when you put those two together, they contradict one another. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to figure out how to prioritize all those things. Yeah. And so ultimately, after um, leaving business school, what I what I began to see is, a framework that helped me prioritize my own choices and that I thought would be applicable to many others. And that's the Family Inc. concept. And the general premise is that we're all business owners, Mm -hmm. or at least if we think about ourselves as business owners, we're more likely to make better decisions about how to spend our time and our money. And as a business owner, we, we all own really two big assets. We own our labor business, so We're trying to sell our labor into the marketplace for the best value possible. And then we have our financial assets. And and hopefully, if you manage Family Inc. well, you convert labor assets into financial assets. So when it comes time to retire, you've essentially depleted your labor assets and you've got financial assets to rely on. Yeah. And so I think that's a really elegant way to think about all the competing choices and get people focused on the big choices that really matter as opposed to, you know, budgeting to the to the penny or the dollar.
0: Absolutely. And so what led you? I mean, obviously, you have a great passion for the. So, you know, what led you to, to want to teach others this?
1: Um, you know, I think it was um, a product of my personal experience of, of struggling um, out of business school. By the time I left business school, I had incurred um, a lot of debt and struggled to actually get my family moved back down to Manhattan and, and start my, my first job out of business school. And so I had my own personal experience. Um, I see this uh as a big transition challenge for a lot of veterans, and so have been uh relatively involved in supporting the veteran community with a number of these concepts and then again, I see uh friends and family around me struggling and so Um, I just decided this was an area that I thought I I had something to say. And so I thought the book was the the platform to do that.
0: Absolutely. And so uh, one of the concepts that you talk about, and I love the idea of looking at your family finances as running a business. You talk about this concept of the family CFO. What is a family CFO for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so so, um, throughout the conversation, I always like to compare it to business. If I told you I was a business owner, and that I had a chief financial officer that I worked with that managed all the financial affairs of my business, you would say, of course, that makes sense. Every every company needs someone in that role. But then if I said, okay, well, let's talk about your family setup. How do you make decisions? You would say, well, I hadn't really thought about that. And, and <laughs> often we all make yeah. our own individual decisions. So a family CFO is the person that is designated within the family. And if you don't have a family, it can be yourself. Um, to think about all the big choices that um, have an impact on your financial situation throughout a lifetime. And, you know, a lot of times when I describe it that way, people say, well, so that must be investing or that must be budgeting. And it is, it is, but there are a lot of other bigger, uh, candidly more impactful choices. So one of the big decisions that a family CFO, um, navigates is thinking about how the family or the individual deploys their labor. So do I invest in education what kind of careers do I want to pursue? How do I think about establishing a personal brand that I can sell into the marketplace? Uh, family CFOs think about risk um, with things like insurance. And it's a whole you know portfolio of insurance. It's life insurance. It's car insurance. It's umbrella insurance. It's disability insurance. And then family CFOs think about um, managing liquidity or ensuring that if they find they're unemployed for a period of time, they have access to money to fund them to the next job. And so it's really um, focused on the big choices that uh, ensure a family can um, live a a happy and secure life, not so much the, uh, you know, counting pennies to make sure that I've um, met my budget for the month.
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, beautifully explained. So Doug, you have quite a big why there. In 2018, as we're speaking today, what is the biggest challenge you face in achieving that big why?
1: Uh, That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, the fact that, uh, financial advice is a crowded market. Uh, lots (laughs) Lots of of messages out there, lots of messages, lots of people have advice. Um, and in many cases, um, that advice is often focused on delivering value by selling a product. Mm. And so that's good news, bad news. But when you sell a product, there's often financial incentives associated with it. Um, I think I'm selling an approach, a framework and a way to create value by helping people make better decisions, and so that's just a different approach in, in a very crowded marketplace. And um, you know, I think in some some certain circumstances it resonates with uh, people, and in others, um, you know, they'd prefer to get uh, advice that you pay for, which I think is is a viable option. I just think it's best uh, administered with a strategic roadmap that a family CFO can offer.
0: Yeah. And I mean, where are you in tackling this challenge? That's quite a challenge that you face. It is a very crowded marketplace. There's a lot of messaging. And as you've mentioned before, talking about, you know, putting away for a rainy day, paying for education, sometimes the messages can seem to conflict. So what are some of the things that you're doing to help facilitate your big why and help others move forward?
1: Sure. Well, as as you and I were talking before the show, I, I have the luxury of um this is more about a passion project for me uh and something I, I believe in than it is a business per se. Yeah. Um and but I've I'm working to uh create tools for people and educate and then I'm also working to contribute to the conversation uh that we're having as a society. And so, you know, from a tools and and uh, support perspective, uh, I do have a website called familyinc.com, mm-hmm. and there there's a variety of tools that people can use to kind of help them think through some of the uh, concepts that I've talked about. Um, I'm also a board member of an organization called NEFI, which is the National Endowment for Financial Education. Oh,
0: wow. That's
1: great. Um, yeah, no, it's. I think it's a great organization, uh, and it, it's re- it really has a goal of um, providing financial education and practical information to you know people at all financial stages because they acknowledge that um, no matter where you are in life, financial literacy is really an empowering tool to help people take control of their lives. Um, And then lastly, I mentioned I'm involved with the veteran community. Uh, I chair an organization called Bunker Labs, um, and it uh, is not really focused on financial literacy. It's focused on entrepreneurship as a vehicle to create financial security. And so it's somewhat related. Uh, Many of the skill sets and tools that I focus on are relevant for entrepreneurs.
0: Absolutely, great, great share. Well, Doug, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Sure. All right, I'm super excited because we're gonna change this up. We're gonna focus on this concept of the family CFO, which I think is so important. So share one great tip that you have for a family CFO to start planning for their financial future.
1: Yeah, I think that the tip that is often um, very non-consensus relative to other advisors is, for most of us, the number one asset you have is your labor capital. Mm -hmm. And you need to think about that as an asset. When you start thinking about it as the value of your labor over a lifetime, you often make very different career decisions, different decisions about investing in education, uh, and different decisions about uh, not just focusing on annual income, but focusing on a lifetime of income. And the choices you need to make to maximize that
0: very very good advice doug how do you think a family should decide who should be the family cefo
1: yeah so so you know i've got lots of um opinions and ideas when it comes to what the right framework is and i offer very few opinions about um how to implement that at home and that's uh somewhat a product of my own life experience which is i know that you can take all the greatest ideas in the world and then uh you get into a family dynamic and um, you know, it's a little bit more jump ball and a yes. little bit more fluid. And so I would say there is no right answer. A lot of it has to do with who has the aptitude, who has the interest. And I also would say if, if, if you don't have constant or frequent conversations about aptitude, interest and priorities, um, no matter how good your plan is, your execution will be mediocre. And so half the battle is someone there forcing the conversation and making sure we're having the right conversation as opposed to, again, not, not focused on the micro, but focused on the big choices that are really going to matter.
0: Oh, I think that's great advice. And Doug, uh, since you had talked about earlier your Christmas present at age seven, I am curious and I'm excited to ask you, how early do you think children should be involved in the family financial education and in that discussion?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I personally think that um, financial literacy is a skill that takes a lifetime to yes. fully – develop and so i'm almost 50 and i still think i'm learning and improving and so i'm a big believer in start early and realize this is a complicated topic and and be patient because you know you may be having conversations with your you know adult child at some point and they still may be evolving in their own skills and i think if you think about financial literacy broadly it really can be a topic that's easy to engage at very young ages so for example if you're talking to your child about the investment that you're helping them make in education and what that does for them over a lifetime, you know, that's a conversation that I think is hard to argue with, and I would argue it's really about financial literacy. Yes. Uh, you know, so those kind of choices, I th- I th- are those kind of uh, topics, I think, are you can't start too early.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. And Doug, that leads me to my next question, speaking of choices. So what is one small choice or activity that you're going to make today to move forward?
1: So I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm talking to you, uh, and I'm, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity to help, have you help me spread this message to, to your listener group. Um, so, so thank you for that opportunity.
0: Oh, no, thank you. And moving forward, listeners, I mean, you got four knowledge bursts there, some great tips on really embracing and implementing the concept of the family CFO. Hey, moving forward, listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Doug, ready to do a little time travel? Sure. All right, we're going to step into a time machine. And because financial planning and financial literacy is all about time, the time investment, I'm curious to ask you, five years from today, who is Doug McCormick?
1: Uh, you know Doug is <laughs> Doug is probably a very similar guy uh 5 years older uh but I would say I'm convinced these topics will be more timely than ever um the implications of not being uh financially literate will be more obvious than ever and so I'm going to keep at the message uh keep keep working hard to spread the word and I think um financial literacy is it's like um compounding financial assets. And so I'm, I'm trying to lay the seeds early with other folks so that they can uh, pay it forward and spread the word.
0: Ah, I love it. And I'm so glad that you're here today, not five years from today, but today to share that message. But Doug, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all of the great resources and the great work that you're doing?
1: Uh, well, I think the easiest way is the website, uh, and again, that's Family Inc. So, familyinc dot com. Uh, and there, you know, there's obviously uh, information about the book, the philosophy behind Family Inc. And also, I mentioned some pretty interesting tools that help a family create the same kind of financial statements that a uh, business would create—an income statement and a balance sheet. And so, I think that's a great resource. Uh, and obviously, the book is available. Um, on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and uh, I also am on Twitter at Doug Underline McCormick.
0: Awesome, and we'll have all of that on the write-up. Doug, I'd love to have you close out the show, so share some parting wisdom with our Moving Forward listeners. Uh,
1: you know, I would say um, as, a fan, as a chief financial officer of the family, remember you are a business owner, um, and as such, you need a CFO to manage the big picture, not the day-to-day, uh, and it's easy It's easier to grow wealth than save wealth, and it's certainly a lot more fun. (laughs) And don't forget that uh, a long-time horizon is a strategic asset.
0: Oh, I I love that. What a beautiful way to close out the show. Doug, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share your amazing story and some great knowledge bursts on financial literacy and the family CFOs so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much, Doug. Hey, appreciate it. Moving Forward listeners, check it out one more time. BeMovingForward.com. You can follow us on social at be moving Forward on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.